Hello and welcome to the Talking Outsourcing Podcast. My name is Mark Kobayashi Hillary. In this podcast, I'm in India and talking with Saurabh Srivastava. Saurabh is a veteran of the outsourcing and offshoring industry. Uh, he was one of the early pioneers with his own organization that was purchased um, several years ago by Zansa. And Zansa, he then became the, uh, the India head for Zansa. Uh, Zansa has subsequently been purchased by Steria. Um, so most of the Indian operations of Steria were in fact started up by Saurabh. Uh, he's moved on now. He retired from Steria in 2006 and since then he's been working in venture capital. Uh, he's now running the um, one of the major funds at Infinity um, based out of Mumbai. Um, Saurabh remains quite a player in the industry now as an investor rather than a manager and we spent a lot of our time talking about the industry today, the effect on the industry of the global economic slowdown and recession uh, and for much of the early part of our discussion, we were referring back to a lecture we had just seen together where C.K. Prahalad, the well-known academic, was talking um, about some of these factors. Okay, so, yeah, so we've just left um, C.K.'s talk, so, um, and it seemed to be quite insightful, I guess it, it was definitely... Very, he's definitely thought at great length about what's actually taking place in the economy right now. How do you see that applied to the industry in India then? I think the way it should apply, I mean, what I liked about the talk is that in the last three days, lots of people have said, here's what you should do. Don't retrench, reshape, do this. Do, you know, everybody has said, and there's a lot of commonality around what they've said. But all of the things they said, by and large, were in CK's one slide, which was the here and now. He said, yep, you've got to do all this stuff. So this is sort of just a necessary thing you have to do today. Mm. But in effect, what has changed? And what he was saying is this isn't a bit of a recession and you need to just live through these difficult times and then that's fine and you know, 24 months and go back to what you're doing. So in effect, what he was saying is, and a lot of good thoughts came out from the other talks during the last three days, but he was saying, in his thing, all of that, yes, you need to do that right now, good to do, but the future has changed. Mm. You had several parameters on which you based uh, over time, on which management was based, uh, and over time, we figured out how to, to quantify those parameters. We figured out how to uh, uh, create processes to overcome the challenges posed by them. Now you have a new parameter, which you didn't have before. Serious volatility. And volatility, uh, volatility across everything. Everything, every sector. People thinking, behavior, the work. It's more the norm than it is anything else. And you need to figure that in. And we don't have processes to deal with it. So what he was trying to do in his paper is to talk about how you may evolve processes. I mean, he wasn't proposing in that sense a specific process, but how you may evolve processes. And I found that was very interesting because he'd obviously given a lot of thought to it. And certainly 
it really strikes a chord with me because I think it's absolutely true. Well, it's true. It's true, and it's yeah. almost. It, I suppose it's 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 also scary as well when he talks about volatility. It's the the new issue that need we need to somehow find a way of managing it. But he's not being prescriptive. He's not actually telling you how to manage that. No, he's he's saying here are some things you need to keep in mind mm. as you look at it. But he he clearly isn't. Uh, Bear with me one second. Hello. Because for some of this, actually, a lot of work has to happen. If you look at quality, was an issue. And over time, I mean, there was, as he said, initially quality cost money. Mm. At least that was the perception, and maybe initially it did. But we developed processes so that actually quality doesn't cost money. Yeah. It's actually better and cheaper if you do quality. We've got processes for it. For each of them, we've done that. Now, for this one, we don't have processes. Mm. So, and maybe it's harder to do. But I think, but thinking of it like that, I think it's sensible. Because otherwise, how do you think about it? You know, you just moan and groan and say, I, I'm not doing anything today because I have no idea what's happening tomorrow. Mm. That is not a solution. So, like some of the things he's saying, look, the one thing you cannot do about tomorrow is project for tomorrow what happened yesterday. That we know for sure doesn't work. So then what? That was the easiest thing to do, to project the past into the future. So he's talking about anticipate. Right? Yeah. And that is going to seriously change how people do their planning cycle. Because in the past, we would do the planning cycle largely around what happened in the past. And say, well, you know, there's some changes happening, so maybe we should do a little bit of R&D, create a little group to do A or B or C. I think what he's saying is rethink this. And this is coming through multiple things, like the study we're doing, NASCOM with McKinsey, is saying that, look, the future for the industry, yes, this year and next year, you'll see uh, softness in the growth. But by 2020, the industry should be worth $250 billion. So I'm saying you know, it's not a problem. But 75% of all of that business will be new business that doesn't exist today. So he mm. says, if you guys think you're going to get there with what you're doing now, think again. Mm. It's going to happen. This will all go away. But here are the new things that you can do. Mm. And in a sense, that's what he's saying. He's saying just, if they were to make a projection mm. of how far will the current business go, yeah. so if today we're like 50 or $60 billion, well, that'll get, you know, maybe 100, whatever, 120. It won't become two or three hundred unless you change how you look. But the but the business leaders who are prepared to do something that they've never done before, they'd have to be quite brave to do that. Um, and you know, and a good example is Prahalad was talking very much about managing each consumer as an individual. And the nearest thing that that maps to is social networking on the internet. Um, but nobody 
or most corporations are absolutely scared of social networking and they haven't found a way of applying the way that uh, people, especially young people, are behaving within a business environment yet. It's, I mean, it's a fair point that leaders will have to be brave to do some of this stuff. But it would also be fair to say the leaders would be foolish to do what they're doing today. Mm -hmm. That's that's a difficult paradigm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you'll be taking risks because you're in uncharted territory. You haven't done it before. There aren't processes to deal with it. This stuff. Yeah. And yet you know that if you continue doing what you're doing, that's that for sure is a problem. Yeah. The other one is 50-50. You win or you lose. <laughs> but this for sure is down the tube. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So th it is an issue. But I think he had glimpses of things that you could do even today without throwing everything behind this big enchilada. You know, for instance... Uh, being, being careful about how much money you sink into costs that cannot be recovered. Yeah. Right? Fixed cost. Um, yeah. And and a whole whole bunch of things of that kind. Mm -hmm. How much of your costs can you move on to somebody else? You know, and in the process, nobody loses because uh, your service provider actually may find it easier to provide you that service. Yeah. Right. So, so some of them I think we can do anyway today. And when we do startups, we kind of know that this is what we do. We don't have a lot of cash. We actually do exactly this. Yeah. But when you get cash, you, you go differently. So. Yeah, and I suppose also the startup model allows you to completely... Um, he talked about the IT as the, the base of all of this change as well. And with a startup, you have that option of... Um, completely redefining how you do your IT. Uh, for example, a startup today may well use Google as their, their email infrastructure. It's completely free, it's, it's robust, resilient, <laughs> available all over the world. Why would you go out and buy like Lotus Notes if you were starting an organization today? I guess this is partly what he's also yeah, getting at. Partly, partly I'm saying, you know, anyway, like when I... My first startup in IS, what do you think we did? We had no fixed cost structure. Mm. Place was rented month to month with furniture. We rented the computers, we rented everything. We could have grown this way or this way. Uh, so we impacted the bottom line because arguably we would have made better margins if we actually bought and all the rest of it. Mm. Uh, but this was a safer construct. 
Yeah. And we didn't have money. You know, so you would do this. When you get large, you don't actually do it because the other form will give you a better margin and, uh, and all the rest of it. And you have cash. Mm -hmm. You do all this stuff. So what he's saying is, look, rethink it. Conserve your cash because you don't know which way it's going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Find out partners with which to work so you can spread the risk. All sort of survival strategies mm. till you know where things are going to mitigate the risk you must take. Yeah. Largely, more and more coming from uh, from there. And uh, I mean, he sort of has that theme anyway. You know, he's had this whole thing in the past too about. The thing that you must do is not best practices, but find the next practices. Mm. And this is again a version of that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So now, even more than a year ago, it makes more sense. Mm. Find the next practice. I mean, what do you think about ID companies is interesting. You think, look, uh, there is a big leap for companies here because companies here largely were used to going and taking an order, a customer telling them what had to be done. Mm. Then you'd come back and just do it really efficiently and make money. And then more and more companies are moving up the chain to not just take the order, but actually uh, work with a client and defining what, what needed to be done. And then at the upper end, you have McKinsey that's advising them on profits fast. the end, you have Accenture that's really sitting on the boardroom and looking at business issues. Mm. And what he's basically saying is, hey, listen, you know, you, you understand all this stuff on IT, you all the rest of it. Now, get your business skills as well or whatever. But now when you go talk to a customer, don't really talk about anything except how, what are the challenges in their You know, don't talk about Oracle and SAP or whatever. Just ask them what are the challenges mm. and figure out how you're going to deal with it. So, I mean, a lot of the stuff we have talked in Zanza before as well, you know, risk reward yeah. and all the rest. But it's sort of a new dimension. You think, don't talk to the CIO, waste time. Yeah. You won't have any budget anyway, so just, just forget about the guy. He's saying it just goes straight to the CEO, the board, and say, you know, so you got a whole bunch of challenges. You know, what can we do? Yeah, I suppose it's been an aspiration of everybody anyway within the IT business um, to be accepted as uh, strategic for the organisations that you sell to. But I think the, what he's trying to acknowledge now is that there isn't any business that can manage. You can't operate in such a fast-moving environment without the technology. So you have to realize yourself that you are strategic. Yeah. And, and also, in what your offering is, you need to change that offering. Yeah. So your offering isn't about managing IT costs. Mm. That's just one of the means that you have. Yeah. And you're giving hints to that, you know. So the offering is let me mine all the data you have. Let me actually uh, 
try and tell you something about your business that maybe you haven't, that you don't know, you haven't figured out. Let me try and understand that. So, I mean, a lot of stuff I suspect is esoteric, but... Uh, yeah, it just depends how it's presented. Yeah. How it's presented and also where it can So I don't think he has the final model. I don't think uh, anybody does at this point. Mm. I think what he's trying to say is first recognize that you need to do it. Mm. Here are some elements of what that might be. Yeah. And if you look around you, there are actually industries and companies that are kind of doing it. But you haven't realized that yet. But you're doing it. And they're doing well. So, you know, the future in some ways is kind of here already, but we haven't seen it. Thanks for downloading the Talking Outsourcing podcast. For more information about my writing in computing and my blogging, go to computing.co.uk. And for more information about my books and other work, go to markhillary.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>